Rich Gridiron back for another week. We are into the heart of the college football season. Just about everybody back now. Pac-12 returns this weekend. Big Ten's been back for a couple of weeks. The MAC is back tomorrow, which I'm very happy about. <laughs> and uh, we got a great show for you here this week. I'm Jimmy Sullivan, alongside Andrew Galata. Andrew, good to be with you here today and a lot to get into in college football. Yeah, college football right now is in kind of an interesting state. You have, like, you've had the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12. They've been playing for, it seems like, a few months, and then you just have the Big 10 coming back a few weeks ago, and now the Pac-12 coming back. It's just going to be really interesting because when you get into kind of the, the thick of it later on when you're picking these four teams to go to the college football playoff, this selection committee, they have a lot of work to do for sure. Yeah, there was a lot of discussion about certain teams that are playing less games, obviously, namely the Big Ten, Mm -hmm. um, and how that would factor in. So that'll be definitely a discussion for later on in the season. Frankly, I don't want to have that discussion before (laughs) I have to uh, because it's not going to be fun. That being said, we've got a lot to get to on this show. And as always, we start with the best of last week's games, and we will start in the Big Ten. Ohio State with a big win over Penn State in Happy Valley, 38-25, the final score in that one. Not your usual Ohio State-Penn State fair. No whiteout for obvious reasons at Penn State this year due to COVID. But Ohio State gets the victory running away. Justin Fields was unbelievable in this game. 28-34, 318 yards, four TDs, no picks. And just a tremendous win for Ohio State-Penn State. Falls to 0-2 after that heartbreaking loss to Indiana week one. In the Big Ten, they lose to Ohio State in a week two. And, Andrew, I don't know about you, my main reaction to this game was that Ohio State is a legit contender for the national championship. I thought that before the season. I feel even stronger about it now. A complete effort that the Buckeyes had on Saturday in order to get a big win in the Big Ten. Right now, Ohio State really looks like a complete team. I mean, you go from that star quarterback with Justin Fields, and he just looks outstanding right now. And I feel like when you go to the NFL draft, when teams are you know tanking for Trevor, Justin Fields isn't a bad consolation pick. He looks really solid right now, and that's big for the Buckeyes here. And really, overall, their offense just looks outstanding. Master Teague the third. First of all, that's an awesome name. <laughs> and over five yards a carry, a touchdown there. And Ohio State running backs, I feel like they just keep turning them out. And he's another guy that breaking off big runs, good in the red zone. And right now, they just look, especially their offense, they look like a really big juggernaut that I don't think anybody in the Big Ten is going to be stopping. Yeah, it's hard to see who it is. I mean, Penn State maybe had the best chance of Wisconsin, yeah. but we don't know when Wisconsin's going to get back on the field with their COVID outbreak, which has extended in the past few days. So we'll see what winds up happening. But you're talking about Justin Fields for the NFL. I mean, I think he's going to be a terrific NFL quarterback. And there's also going to be an interesting discussion to be had here as well with Justin Fields, which is that Trevor Lawrence, which we will get into later, is not playing on Saturday. It'll be a second straight game missed for Clemson. Justin Fields is rolling right now. He's got a case for the Heisman. He had a case for the Heisman last year. Joe Burrow was just so good and blew everybody away. But Justin Fields, unbelievable, as I said in that game, goes for 318 yards, QBR of 97.2. That's on a scale of 0 to 100, by the way. Can't do much better than that. (laughs) Uh, But you, you say that Ohio State is a complete team, and I think that's really 
a great description. Had over 500 total yards, held Penn State to 325, which, you know, it's not a, a peak defensive effort, but definitely good enough. Just 44 yards on the ground for Penn State. And I think that's also a big thing. We talk about different conferences and the ways in which they play. The Big Ten is one of the last holdouts in kind of this old-style college football a little bit. Not as much as it was in past years, obviously. But, you know, you've got a good run defense. That's obviously very important. But as you said, Andrew, I mean, you look at this Ohio State schedule going forward here. I have a hard time seeing them losing, to be honest, before they get to the college football playoff. They've got Rutgers this week. That's a win. They're at Maryland. They're probably toughest task the rest of the way is going to be against Indiana. <laughs> and other than that, I mean, they've got Michigan. I think that's probably a win, even though, you know, could be a good game. And then you've got the Big Ten title game, which is probably a win because I think they're better than whoever winds up being, whether it's, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, whoever. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this Ohio State team has a real shot going into the playoff undefeated at, you know, 8-0, 9 whatever it winds up being. Yeah, I, th- I think they will be undefeated. I mean, right now they're the class of the Big Ten, and I don't see anybody right now stopping them. And, you know, as you're saying against the run game, even in this game, I mean, Penn State, that's how they're going to win games in the running game and playing good defense. And when you stop them below two yards a carry, I mean, that's something that, again, Ohio State just shows they can win in so many different ways. And I feel like right now they have a good style to win in the Big Ten, and I feel like they have a good style to definitely play with some teams down south, whether it be Alabama or Clemson, whether that situation, however that plays out with um, Trevor Lawrence and that situation. But I feel right now, Ohio State, they're looking really good. Now, I know they're only going to play, what, eight games, so there won't be any huge tests until the college football playoff. But I feel like right now, they look like the class of the Big Ten, and they definitely look like a top-four team for sure. So Ohio State looking every bit like a national title contender. They beat Penn State going away. Now, let's look at probably the other big Big Ten game of the weekend was Michigan-Michigan State. And this was after the way Michigan played against Minnesota in week one. Just a stunning outcome, I thought. Uh, Michigan got a big win in week one. Michigan State took a big loss to Rutgers. And Michigan came into this game against Sparty and got completely outcoached. And look, we've spent a good amount of time on this show talking about Jim Harbaugh over the last couple of years. And I know because I've been here. (laughs) Uh, And there's been a lot of consternation among Michigan fans, among non-Michigan fans, quite frankly, about the way they have performed. But you come into this game against the Michigan State team that's reeling. I think they were 24-and-a-half-point underdogs going into this game. And Michigan takes a 27-24 loss. All the numbers here are pretty close, but the glaring one to me, 10 penalties, 86 yards for Michigan. And Andrew, I don't know how else to say it. The clock's ticking on Jim Harbaugh. This is year six at Michigan. And at some point, you just have to say enough is enough. He has not performed against Ohio State. He has not performed against Michigan State. He has really not performed well against basically any good team in the particular year that Michigan happens to play them. At some point, you have to sit there and say enough is enough. And I think Michigan, their fan base, their board of trustees, 
right on down the line is getting to that point where they're just about ready to pull the plug on Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I saw something on Twitter, and it was with Jim Harbaugh and, like, the beginning of season losses. Like, this was his vintage beginning season loss against an underdog. And, again, it just happens again for this Michigan team. And we were talking about how Ohio State is the class of the Big Ten. And, you know, Michigan, when they got Harbaugh, they were supposed to be right up there. And they just haven't been. They've been second class, whether it to be to Ohio State, Wisconsin, and they've even struggled in these Michigan State games. I mean, to me, it's it's almost head-scratching because you thought he'd come in here and bring a lot of success, but it just hasn't happened. To me, he hasn't really brought in a competent quarterback to play, you know, alongside him. And at a certain point when you're not disciplined, like, look, as you said, 10 penalties, you're going to have a tough time winning games without great quarterback play and just utter undisciplined ball. So I don't know if it's time to let him go. It, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do because – Look, up in Ann Arbor, they expect greatness, and this is right now just it's, – it's second-class football right now to either Ohio State, Wisconsin, or really whoever it is. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the quarterback situation. I mean, think about it over the years with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. I mean, Jake yeah. Rudock, Wilton Spate. And that's not going to get it done. I'm sorry. It's just not going to get it done. And now they've got Joe Milton, who went 32 of 51 for 300 yards. He's there for 300 yards. He's kind of bleh. In that game, he wasn't great. Throw the ball 50 times, that's an easy way to get 300 yards. That's also, by the way, throw the ball 50 times is also the antithesis of everything Michigan wants to do. <laughs> like, when have, when was the last time you sat down with a Jim Harbaugh team and said, oh, yeah, they're just going air raid here? <laughs> it's not happening. It's yeah. not what they do. Um, they had 152 yards on the ground. It's just, you know what it is. Michigan – in the Big Ten and the style of college football now is going in a completely opposite direction, right? Teams are going spread, speed, you know, spread it out, air it out mm. down the field, whatever. Michigan's doing the exact opposite of that. They're like the Philadelphia 76ers of college <laughs> yeah. football, right? The 76ers in the NBA, when everybody was going smaller, spacing, shooting, 76ers did everything the opposite of that. didn't work. And I think Michigan is doing the same thing. They've got talent. Don't, don't get me wrong. They've got some talent, but they're, they're playing the wrong way. They've also lost a lot of talent over the last couple of years. I think that's very important to know. But, Andrew, uh, just a, a horrible loss for Michigan. And, uh, and somehow they're still ranked, by the way. They're, they're ranked 23rd. <laughs> and, um, but just an awful loss. And, and I think you would concur that it was a pretty embarrassing performance for Michigan on Saturday. Yeah, and I, I like the point you brought up about recruiting because that's not been the issue which is kind of interesting. I mean, they're, they're getting guys they want. They're getting the you know, top recruitment classes, but they haven't been able to develop a quarterback. They really haven't been able to develop you know, a withstanding, stable offense, and that probably has a lot to do with just playing a completely wrong style of college football right now, as you were saying. And, again, I just feel like at a certain point, do you want to bring in a more young, youthful coach that will spread it out, that will be able to score with the best of them with Ohio State and you know all the other big teams that are just scoring a ton here in college football? It's just – it's something that, to me, it's like Michigan is almost an afterthought, and they shouldn't be, you know, with the amount of talent they get each year in and out, you know? It's just – it's definitely frustrating, you know, up there in Ann Arbor. Yeah, Michigan had a top uh, 10 recruiting class in 2019, mm-hmm. a top 15 recruiting class in 2020. Hey, at some point, it's just underperformance. That's what's happened at Michigan, and I think uh, time's running out on Jim Harbaugh. Okay, one more game to look at this weekend, and I think it segues very nicely into what we are talking about for the games this weekend, and that, of course, 
is Clemson Boston College, which was really a, a great game. Uh, going back and forth, Boston College built out a big lead in the first half. Clemson was able to come back. Of course, the story of the game, Clemson without Trevor Lawrence after he tested positive for COVID-19. Obviously, we wish him the best. DJ Yui Agalele filled in for him. 30 of 41, 342 yards, two TDs for him. Also added another touchdown on the ground. Boston College was up 28-13 at half. Clemson scored the last 21 points of this game to win it 34-28. And to ensure a matchup of undefeateds this weekend, Clemson and Notre Dame, we will pick that one towards the end of the show. But, Andrew, a really close call for a good Clemson team taking on Boston College. Obviously, everybody expects Clemson to be at or near the top of the sport. Boston College took them to the wall, and Clemson gets a preview of life without Trevor Lawrence. And I think in a pleasant surprise, DJ Uyagalele comes in and – winds up being a big reason why Clemson won that game. A lot of people thought maybe they would win the game in spite of him. Quite the opposite. He really helped Clemson out on Saturday. Yeah, I think at the beginning of that game had a lot to do with Clemson kind of transitioning to Yui Galalele. <laughs> Sorry, that name is just a mouthful to I know. pronounce. I, I, I spent some time I, on it. I spent some time on it before the show. I saw his nicknames to throw in Samoan, so I feel like that may be an easier one to call him. And I feel like he played really good in this game, but they had some trouble early to kind of get him going. Travis Etienne, who I really like to get him going, and he had a really big game. And I feel like also this defense, maybe just not having Trevor Lawrence is going to be like, like they got too much pressure on them and they just had trouble settling in. But they found their rhythm and they found they got going. And I feel like ETN had a good game, especially through the air. I mean, 140 yards and a touchdown, seven receptions. He reminds me a lot of Alvin Kamara. I'm a big Saints fan. And just the way that he's able to shed tackles. I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, I I really enjoy watching him play. And then right now, I just feel like they were able to get into a rhythm and win this game. It was definitely close and entertaining game. I feel like they're getting better every day with without Trevor Lawrence. And I feel like that transition is going to take time. Now having Notre Dame in only now a week, it's, it's definitely going to be a quick turnover. Will it be enough? It's yet to be seen. But I feel like it definitely took them time to get going. But once they did, I feel like they definitely still look like they have a ton of talent on that team, and they're still a really good football team. Yeah, Travis CTN, you mentioned 84 yards and a TD on the ground, seven receptions, 140 yards, and a receiving yeah. touchdown. That's a lot of fantasy points. Yeah, but, it's a vintage um, Alvin Kamara game. A really, a really great game, though, for BTN. He's going to be very important in their game against Notre Dame on Saturday. But, yeah, you talk about life without Trevor Lawrence for Clemson, right? We all agree he's probably the best quarterback in college football. He's you know, a Heisman contender. We'll see how this affects things. He's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. Uh, and, you know, he's, he is the guy, for lack of a better term. At Clemson, right? He he is going. They're going to go as far as he goes at the end of the day, assuming you know he comes back from COVID. That being said, what I think Saturday revealed, even though it was a close game, and you know Davo Sweeney probably saw a lot of stuff on tape, particularly defensively, he didn't like. But this Clemson team has so much talent that even without their starting quarterback, who is amazing, they can still overcome that. And I think. You know, even on a day without their starting quarterback, they're still capable of beating most teams in the country. I really believe that. And I know you, you referenced some of the culture shock. I'm sure that 
Clemson went through without Lawrence, but you bring DJ in there, he throws for over 300 yards. This team has so much talent around that that I still feel good about them, and I'm probably tipping my hand a little bit here, but going into a big game against Notre Dame, I still feel good about Clemson, you know, even without Trevor Lawrence, who's the best player in college football right now. Yeah, I mean, they still have a ton of talent. I mean, both sides of the ball, offense and defense. I mean, you probably have arguably one of the best running backs in all of college football. You have pretty solid receivers, and they showed out Cornell Powell, Amari Rogers, both had good games in this one. And I feel like they definitely have enough talent to beat anybody in the country, even without Trevor Lawrence. And I think that just shows to the depth that they have. And it's not like DJ's a bad quarterback. He came in here and played really well, 30 of 41, 342 yards, two touchdowns. That's not too shabby. You know, he's not going to come up in here and be only a game manager. He can, I think, play really well with this offense. And again, their defense did not play really good in this game. Giving up 28 points to a Boston College team isn't good. But I feel like they settled down kind of as the game went on. And they're going to have to lean on their defense next week. And I feel like they definitely could get it done. We'll see what happens. Also, Notre Dame's offense isn't great, in my opinion. But I feel like right now, they definitely have a shot, and they have a pretty good shot of here to beat Notre Dame and win as many games as possible without Trevor Lawrence. And, again, I said it off the top, we were Trevor Lawrence is the best, and yeah. hope to see him back out there soon because I think, frankly, college football is better uh, when he's out there. I enjoy it a little more. All right, that leads us well into this week's slate of games, and there's really nowhere else to start other than Clemson at Notre Dame. 7.30 in South Bend. I, I've had this kind of weird conspiracy theory that all of Clemson's big games over the last five years are at home. Uh, I don't have data to back that up. I just have my mind, and I, I think that tends to be true. But they've got a big road test at Notre Dame, Saturday night, under the lights. The eyes of the sport will be on this game. And this is a big game for both teams. They're undefeated. And they each have only a couple of games left after this. Clemson has three. Notre Dame has four. So, Andrew, your initial thoughts on this game, one versus four, and possibly an elimination game for the college football playoff. Yeah, I, I think the winner of this is going to win the ACC. Now, I don't know if Clemson, let's say they lost this game without Trevor Lawrence, would the selection committee be like, do they still deserve it? They're still the best team with Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be interesting there, but I don't see Clemson losing this game for two reasons, and it has a lot to do with Notre Dame, because right now, I don't think Ian Book, I don't trust him right now, and I also don't trust Brian Kelly, because I feel like Notre Dame gets in these situations a lot, these big games where they can show the college football world that they're supreme, they're elite, and they can actually have some success, and they failed time and time again, and right now, I'm not going to pick Notre Dame until they do that, because under Brian Kelly, they haven't won the big game, and, and, and I think that's something until they do, I'm going to continue to pick against them. So you are going to go with Clemson. Uh, I, I wish I could drop a hot take here. I'm also going to go with Clemson. <laughs> I, I think you know, Notre Dame, you bring up a great point with the offense, and the defense has played really well for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But you know, their offense, can it go win them the game? I mean, they, they had a I think jar- that's what's going to happen yeah. to do. You know, I, I, I think Ian Book, he's going to have to probably at the end of the game go down and drive to score a touchdown, and I don't trust him to do that, really. Yeah, and, you know, even when they went to the playoff a couple of years ago, yeah. Ian Book wasn't doing that. It was on the strength mm-hmm. of their defense. And, and, you know, they had 
just a jarringly bad offensive performance a few weeks ago against Louisville. If they lose that game, and we're having a very different conversation. We're probably not talking about this game yet, to be honest. <laughs> um, but they you know, beat Georgia Tech last week, and Georgia Tech's 2-5. and five. Uh, you, look, you look at their other wins. I mean, they beat Pitt. Pitt is okay. They beat FSU. I mean, you know, they're fine. They beat Duke. They, they don't have – they haven't been big game tested, as you said. And, and this is you – know, the ACC outside of these two teams is not very good. So this is the game of the year in the conference because the ACC, you know, right now is Clemson at one, Notre Dame at four, North Carolina performance-wise has fallen off a cliff in the last few weeks. And, you know, this year in the ACC, they're going to just take the top two teams, not, you know, regardless of division. And there's every chance that, even if Notre Dame were to lose this game, they could play Clemson again in the conference title game. So I think that's an interesting aspect of it as well. But I just love Clemson's defense. Uh, I think Ian Book's going to have a hard time with Brett Venables, who is a little like Bill Belichick in that he'll just throw looks at you that you've never seen before to fluster you. And I worry about that with Ian Book. So I think Clemson's going to go out and get the win and stay undefeated. And if they lose this game, then I think you're having a fascinating discussion about the playoff. Are they still one of the best four teams? I think they are, but I also don't think we're going to be having that conversation because I think Clemson goes ahead and gets the victory. So we've both got Clemson against Notre Dame. Let's move on to what is the other biggest game of the weekend. Georgia taking on Florida. Really looking forward to this one. It's been a wild week for Florida. Dan Mullen was fined 25K for uh, inciting a brawl in last week's game against Missouri. Georgia comes in at 4-1. and one. They're struggling to score. Uh, their defense has played really well, however. So, Andrew, this is an interesting game. You know, both of these teams, the winner of this game is probably going to the SEC title game out of the East. Andrew, I think this is a really fascinating game. I'm looking forward to this one as kind of the undercard to Clemson and Notre Dame, but what do you think? Yeah, it is a very fascinating game because I feel like I was pretty high on Georgia, and then they played Alabama, and they just got the doors blown off of them, and that wasn't even a close game. And, you know, you look at Florida, and they've been able to put up a ton of points, and I don't think that Georgia will be able to score with them. So that's going to put a lot of pressure on their defense, and I don't think they can stop them to less than 30 points. Same thing with Alabama. And I just feel like, as we said earlier, the way college football is going, I think offense is first. And I feel like a great offense can beat a great defense right now in college football. So that's why I'm going to go with Florida. I don't think Stenson Bennett could do enough. And he's shown time and time again that he's a game manager at best. And I think right now I'm going to go with Florida because they have the better offense, a much better offense. And even though Georgia's defense is great, I just feel like after that Alabama game where they showed that their defense maybe isn't great against those top, top offenses – Right now, I'm just going to go with Florida. Yeah, and there's a very good question to be asked. Is Stetson Bennett the guy that Georgia needs him to be? Because we've talked about Georgia you know, in the past. You know, even in the national title game, you're, you're sitting there thinking, like, oh, if they just had the quarterback, right? Like, even when Jake Fromm was there. And, you know, people had widely varied opinions on Jake Fromm. He, he kind of almost, it seemed, got worse as he went on. That's the <laughs> point. You know, Stetson Bennett comes in, he's a walk-on. Nobody was really expecting him to play. Everybody kind of thought they were going to play 
anybody but Stetson Bennett at quarterback for Georgia. So I, I find it interesting, you know, now that he's launched into this conversation, you look at the first three weeks for Stetson Bennett. They played Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee. Through five touchdowns, no interceptions, completion percentage above 60. He was really good. He was really good in those games. And they were going into the Alabama game. And I thought they were going to win that game, to be honest. So did I. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, you know, Nick DeLuca, uh, who usually does this show with me, uh, kept telling me, no, Bama's got it. He was right. Anyway, <laughs> the last two weeks for Stetson Bennett. Against Alabama, then they had their bye. They played Kentucky last week. He's thrown five picks, just two TDs. And you talk about him as a game manager at best, but you know, game managers don't make these mistakes. He's been worse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, last, yeah. It's just, I feel like right now with him, it was, it was just that Alabama game, as you said, I picked Georgia, and now I'm too scared to pick him again, just because, especially in those games, that's just really the, the way it is, and I feel like maybe they show off and Stenson Bennett has a big game, but as you said, look, I feel like he's played in the beginning of the season, he was a game manager when they were playing good, and then once he got thrusted in to play you know, a good team with Alabama, and then Kentucky last week, I don't know what happened, but He's been a lot worse than a game manager, and that's going to lose them games, you know? It's just, that's what it is. Yeah, in the spirit of Halloween, which we just had, uh, we're, we're recording this on November 3rd, uh, Stetson Bennett is trick-or-treat right now. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with a treat this week. I'm going to take Georgia. I, I think it's been a weird week for Florida. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to assess them. They have the loss to Texas A&M. Otherwise, they are uh, undefeated. I'm going I'm to take Georgia. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes either way. Um, but, you know, Florida's also had uh, some questionable results. They gave up a lot of yards to Ole Miss, a lot more yards than they should have to South Carolina. Um, so, I, yeah, their defense may be a concern as well. Although if Georgia's offense isn't doing anything, it's not going to matter. But I'm going to take Georgia in that game. Final game to recap before we wrap up here, uh, after I let out my frustration on them before, Indiana, Michigan, matchup of ranked teams. Indiana with back-to-back wins over Penn State and Rutgers. Michigan we talked about before. This game is in Bloomington, and Michigan ranked 23rd. Indiana ranked 13th. Andrew, I will go first on this one. I like Indiana. Uh, I, I love what they are doing out there. I think that they have a really solid group this year i think tom allen's doing a great job in the rebuild from you know, almost nowhere as a program and i think indiana goes ahead and gets this win stays undefeated i completely agree and i'm going to take indiana here and i also agree about this rebuild has been outstanding for indiana and they're growing a really good foundation here and they're growing a consistent winner and they've been pretty pretty solid now i don't think that they're going to be ohio state or anything but Ugh, the way Michigan's playing right now, I, I, I don't see them. I don't, I don't see Michigan winning this game, and I feel like Indiana's the better team. I think they're a well-coached team, and they're going to show it here on Saturday. Interesting to note, Indiana-Ohio State November 21st mm-hmm. could be a matchup of undefeateds, in which case that'd be an interesting game. Ohio State would be a clear favorite, don't get me wrong, but I love what Indiana's doing. I don't love what Michigan's doing, and I'm going to take Indiana. That just about wraps up our show. Andrew, great to be with you. Here today for Andrew and our producer, Thomas Aiello. Shout out to him keeping us on the air. I'm Jimmy Sullivan saying so long. Thank you for listening. Call